I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! What is his ceiling? I mean, we, we've talked about him a bunch this week on the pod. What, what What's his ceiling? It just depends. It, it really depends on can he shoot like J.J. Redick or does he shoot like LeBron? Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me soon will be Isaac Harris, the One More Thing King, and the Locker Room Lord. Also going to be joined by you guys. So we recorded a Locker Room, and a lot of you guys have been asking since Locker Room is only on iOS, Apple devices, uh, iPhones, that you can only get that on there. So a lot of you asked us to put the locker room recording somehow on the podcast so doing this as a bonus episode this is not your normal lockdown mavericks episode so this is a little weekend bonus so here it is this is all of you guys questions from the locker room session it was really really great our biggest one we've done so far i think at one point we had 130 people in there which is pretty awesome uh, i think that was the biggest locker room room that was going that day which was pretty awesome to see uh on trade deadline day so thank you for the raccoon squad everybody that's that joined in if you were there this is that recording if you're not here's what you missed the audio quality Quality is not the greatest. It's recorded with your phones. We were having some issues with some of the microphone and desktop setups, and so it's not the normal Lockdown Mavericks audio quality, but bonus episode for you. Here's some of your questions. Basically a Q&A from uh, after, right after the trade deadline, like literally two hours after the trade deadline ended. So here you go. Here's Isaac and I doing Locker Room on the Locker Room app. How are we feeling? Let's get some chats going. Anybody want to come up and ask some questions, talk, JJ Redick trade? Good stuff for the Dallas Mavericks. It's something, right? They got something. Here's Ben. Ben on. What's up, Ben? How you doing? So I was watching the um, NBA, the um, Locked On NBA. I was watching that today when everything broke. And I just got to say, I was thrilled with the trade. I'm so like excited and happy. Happy to get rid of Wessa Wundu. No offense to him. He just wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fan of him either. What? <laughs> I'm just really excited and looking forward to what the um, what JJ Redick can bring to the team, the shooting wise. He's um, like I'd say very much like a Seth Curry type of player, just because wasn't the best um, defender, but he brings a lot more to the offense that we really need with a three point shot. Yeah, absolutely. I think that JJ Redick adds another shooter, right? Like he kind of replaces mm-hmm. Seth Curry and what Seth Curry was doing for this team. He's not going to maybe do as much off the balance as Seth Curry started to do at the end of his time with the Mavericks. But yeah, God, they replaced that shooting. They have another guy in the rotation. I mean, we just record, we just finished recording the emergency pod. One of my big takeaways is Don Nelson didn't want to mess with the top nine and i don't mm-hmm. think he did right <laughs> i think he added to that top nine and definitely mm-hmm. uh it depends on who you think is the top nine uh but according to according to us i think jj reddick slides in as you know the eighth guy in the rotation and depends on some matchups i guess if he plays or not but it gives you another option and all of a sudden you know the lineup they could throw out there if they need a three at the buzzer right it's luca it's porzingis it's then maxi tim hardaway and jj like all 40% three-point shooters. What a crazy lineup they can throw out there. Exactly. Like you can really rely on almost any of them to make a three-point shot at the end of the game. Like you, if you put all five out there, you, the other team really can't have a weaker they have to like have to guard every single person head up because every single one of them is a reliable three-point shooter. So those late game um and the late game is just going to be a lot more frustrating for those other teams where they can't double up on Luca or um, having the inbounds pass person actually has to stay with that one man instead of having to, to be able to double team somebody because everybody on the floor is going to be able to have that last second shot and make it. Hundred percent. Ben, 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 what, what, <laughs> what letter grade would you give the Mavericks this trade deadline? Um, I'd probably say a B B plus. I really liked the additions. Um, I kind of. Like I mean, I understand everything else, but I was hoping we could possibly get like a Victor Ellen Depot, like a better defensive player as well. But yeah, for the most part, I'm really happy with what they've done. Yeah, I'm wondering Mavs fans' kind of thoughts right now after seeing Ola Depot go for the price that he did because his value was so low. I think it was even lower than even I expected when he basically mm-hmm. gets skipped traded for Kelly Olenek because the swap mm-hmm. doesn't really mean much, and heck, they might even buy out Avery Bradley. But are you 
Are you looking at the Oladipo deal from a Mavs angle saying, dang, why didn't we get in on that? Or are you looking at it from an angle saying, all right, well, if the Mavericks didn't get on that, it's for a reason? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit on both kind of sides. I can see both angles of it. And especially with that one and the Fournier um, deal, how it was two second round picks for the Boston trade. Like both of those players would have been great assets to have on the team. And it's, but they're both aspiring, expiring contracts. And I know that JJ Reddick is as well, but I think, it, I just think that the Mavs did it for a reason. They didn't take, they probably weren't as high on Olin Depot as maybe you guys are and as I am. I was um, really looking forward to possibly seeing Olin Depot and as what he could become. But the Mavs training staff, they know a lot more than we do about players and stuff. So, yeah, and that, they're doing. we just finished recording our Lockdown Mavs, and Nick is currently editing as we speak, I think. And Don't uh, give away the game, Isaac. Don't. <laughs> the, the Oladipo angle, spoiler alert, that I took on it at, towards the end of our pod was, I think it's a two, two-fold thing. I think it is maybe teams like Dallas were kind of hesitant because of his injury history, and maybe it's a little worse than what we thought. Or... Maybe he's made it very, very clear to everyone involved that I'm signing with Miami in the offseason. So don't <laughs> don't trade for me because I want to be in Miami. And thus, that's why Miami got him for a cheaper cost. So I think it's somewhere around that angle. Yeah, All that right. does make sense. All right, Ben, we're going to replace you with somebody else. Does somebody have a question? Let's talk some Mavs trade deadline stuff. We're bringing up Sal. Sal, what you got for us? Hey, can you guys hear me? We can hear you, man. Awesome. Hey, by the way, I'm I'm like a huge fan of the show, so thank you guys for always dropping those episodes super late at night or early in the morning. <laughs> um, love it. But, uh, man, what does that mean for the defense? You know, like that's a big question. Like we know offensively the team has, you know, KP, when he hits, he hits hard. And Lucas, you know, Lucas, Lucas is going to do his magic. Uh, Tim Hardway Jr., they're great offensively, but what does that mean for defense? I mean, I don't think J.J. Redick is going to be out there chasing players and being a, a, an enforcer on the defense. We just need that, you know, that defensive player, that center that can do that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, newsflash, I don't think J.J. is doing anything for the defense. So I don't think that's breaking news. Like you said, I mean, you say, hey, it's not going to really uh, help our defense, and our defense is a struggle right now. But I, you know, I think they're pretty confident in the in the starting unit. I mean, I think that's why they didn't touch it. Uh, we've talked about it on this podcast as far as the you know the plus net rating that these five have had together. They've only played you know 179, maybe closer to 200 minutes now together as far as that starting unit. And I mean. Yeah, JJ's not going to start. I don't expect him to start over Josh or Dorian or, you know, Maxi as far as those three guys with KP and Luca. I think you ride it out with this. I mean, they're going to have to ride it out with the starting five, but I, I think for JJ, it's, it's this three man group of JJ, Tim, and Brunson off the bench. And hey, if, if you're not going to be a, you know, a, a top five defense, then let's shoot the lights out. I'll push back on that, that he might not start because. What have we seen this Mavericks team? Like the last couple of, I mean, what, 10 games? They haven't led after the first quarter or something like that? They really struggle in first quarters. And maybe J.J. Redick is that little boost that they need. And maybe he works sort of like, we've seen some of these centers around the league. They'll play the first, like, nine minutes of a game, and then they just won't play at all the rest of it. Like maybe J.J. Redick can play that kind of a role. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see if they, if they, how Rick Carlisle uses him. I mentioned on the podcast, Doug McDermott. Like, remember when Doug McDermott was on this team for like three months and it was just this revelation of, oh my gosh, the shooter that the Mavericks have. I think it could be something like that too. Don't go away because we're talking about betonline.ag. It's the one place to put down some money onto basketball. Now the Mavericks have made a move. It's time for you to make your move. There's uh, odds right now for sixth man of the year in the NBA. Oh man. Big omission here. No Tim Hardaway Jr. for sixth man of the year. Uh, no Jalen Brunson what? either for sixth man of the year. Jordan Clarkson is the favorite, minus fifteen hundred. That is like insane odds. You literally have to bet fifteen hundred dollars to win a hundred. That's like <laughs> crazy. Uh, Chris Boucher is the next one at plus sixteen hundred. So if Chris Boucher of the Raptors wins and you bet a hundred dollars, you could win sixteen hundred dollars. That's the that's the difference between that. Goran Dragic is next, then Terrence Ross, Montrez Harrell. After that, uh, Carmelo Anthony is on this list, so that's pretty funny. Uh, but a yeah, six man, wow. 
Yeah, he, he's on that. He's on the. So go be, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag and get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit uh, using that promo code Locked On. Uh, so I'm interested. Were you disappointed the Mavericks didn't do something else? An Oladipo or you know the Vooch trade goes down for the Bulls. Were you interested in something like that? Oh man, you know I've been following the Oladipo. You know, and Maverick's story for a while now. I think you guys put me on it, and I was really interested to see if they would trade for him. Especially that you guys, you know, you said on the podcast, his trade value is low, and we could have got him. But I think he just want he just wasn't interested in playing in Dallas. I think it would have been great to have him here. Aaron Gordon, oh, I wasn't really sold on. Uh, Vucinic, however, I think Vucinic and playing with KP and Luca would have been a better trade for Dallas. Mm. Do you think Dallas could have gotten Vooch without KP in the deal, though? Uh, yeah, I think. I think. Who, okay, who who would be our Wendell Carter Jr. in that deal? Man, I would. I would give Maxi. I would throw in Maxi, a um, couple first round picks, maybe. But I think we don't have any round first round picks. So like what twenty three. 25, I think, is the first one they can do. Oh, they God, yeah. off of the, the next pick. I yeah, mean, hey, Max, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, James Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and see, and I just, I think for, you know, for Chicago and Orlando in that deal that, you know, Orlando, they obviously blew it up and they wanted picks. They wanted to take the long-term approach. And, I mean, Wendell Carter Jr., same draft as Luca, right? I mean, we knew Dallas liked him in that draft. They probably would have ended up with Wendell Carter Jr. if they didn't, you know, make the move to get Luca And, you know, now Orlando has two guys in the top five of that. Or no, what, Bamba was picked six, I guess, in the draft. Now they have Wendell and Bamba on the same team together. But Dallas just doesn't have a young piece like Wendell Carter Jr. And those first-round picks from Chicago that, I mean, they I guess they could be mid-first-round picks at some point. I don't know. I mean, they'll be better. But I, I do think – I am with you. I do think that deal was – for me, I think it was – I want to say the most impactful deal of the deadline. That I, I just thought Chicago hit the home run with that deal and pairing him with Levine. But do we I have agree. do we have another guy? Somebody, somebody out there want to ask us another Mavs question about the deadline? Sal, you are awesome. Thank you. Let's uh, let's bring up Patrick. I think he was next. Patrick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? Can you hear me? Can you hear? Yeah, you. you're good. Okay, good, good. Um, just a couple questions. Is um, Tim Hardaway any chance that he maybe moves to the starting lineup, or do you think he'll stay on the bench? I I personally think he stays on the bench. I think they like him in that six man role. He seems like he's embraced it. He's been very vocal about embracing that. Rick has praised him so much. Everybody around that team. I mean, anybody you talk to around the team right now, they just praise Tim Hardaway for just being the the pro. And especially in a contract year, for him to buy in like that and not be a guy that's like, no, I want to be a freaking starter because I want to make my money this summer. He cares about winning, and he's bought into that role, and I think they like you know, Jay Rich and Dorian at those wing spots. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, also, what about Otto Porter? Would that potentially be a buyout to watch? Yeah, definitely. That's a guy that I'm looking out for, for sure, to be a potential buyout guy. He's got some back issues, though, and he's injured a lot. So I'm not sure. It would be a, I mean, it would be a flyer, right? You're hoping you get some games out of a guy like that. But he would fit, right? He would be – the Mavericks are kind of missing four off the bench or that wing kind of player off the bench. And so I think that, uh, that Otto Porter could be that guy if he's healthy. If he's not, though, then what are you using the roster spot for? So, But I think the roster spot would come from Nicolo Melli, right? And I don't, he's an expiring contract. Not sure he plays too much with the Mavericks, um, but Otto Porter could. The Mavericks also, I think we still think that they have a, a hole at center, backup center. I don't know if the Mavericks think that. They have three guys now and Willie Collie Stein, Dwight Powell, and Boban that uh, apparently Donnie Nelson's okay with. I don't know. It is <laughs> it is what it is, but yeah, I think that that that, that would be the move to make. Um, I don't think it's an Aldridge or definitely not from in like we've been over that how many times but yeah <laughs> appreciate your question patrick let's uh, we're trying to get as many people on here as we can so let's go to jesse now. 
Jesse, what's up? Five, four, three. Jesse. One. Gone. Jesse's gone. Booted. I booted Jesse. He's ordering a Taco Bell right now. <laughs> Clyde. Clyde Warren. What's up, man? Hey, hey how's it going? Um, oh, Clyde. I was just wondering, um, with the acquisition of Melly, if you think he provides anything. He seemed to be pretty efficient last year, but he showed a major drop-off this year. And if that spot could be freed up for Drummond or what you think the Mavs might do with that. I personally, yeah, I just don't think um, Melly, and I could be completely wrong on this. I haven't talked to anybody yet after the deadline. We're, what, uh, two hours and 15 minutes past the deadline uh, since getting Melly, we haven't got a press release yet, so it hasn't even been made official. Um, I personally, just looking at it from my angle, I don't see him having a huge role in the team just because I think Rick has been playing that shortened rotation, with, and I expect J.J. to be a part of that with this Brunson, Tim, J.J. off the bench, and then whoever, depending on the matchup of Willie and Dwight. Um, I think he's one of those dudes where theoretically – when I watch, when I see him play the Mavericks, he hits a few threes. I'm like, dang, he's a stretch five. But then you look at somebody's three point percentage numbers, you're like, all right, he's like a career 31 percent three point shooter. But he's also going to play in Dallas's system. So could he be a, a great value, Maxi? Maybe. I mean, not defensively, but offensively, could he give you that? I don't know. I just don't expect him. I'm going into this relationship uh, with not much expectations there. And then the Drummond angle of your question, Clyde, I think he's going to the Nets or the Lakers, right? Like, if I'm a guy like that, I take the JaVale McGee route with my with my career, right? I try to find a team where I'm going to be put in the best position to look good and look like I'm a winning player in front of any other team that tries to, you know, re-sign me for a big deal this summer, if, I, if that's what I'm trying to do. Or, I mean, it depends. We don't know what Drummond wants. In his- I know he wants the ball. <laughs> uh, you got any more questions, Clyde? And then I was wondering, so this um, this trade deadline for the Mavs was pretty quiet, as we know, and it kind of reminds me of a lot of situations Donnie Nelson's been in, especially the Hassan Whiteside free agency year, where we just kind of stood pat. And, I mean, that might have been Harrison Barnes' year. But anyway, we kind of seem to avoid more deals than we make, um, looking back on it. And so I saw a report coming out that said that the Mavs would be pretty aggressive in this year's free agency class. And so I was wondering if the acquisition of Melly's expiring deal and other signs like staying at the deadline, if that shows any signs of an aggressive pursuit or who you think those targets might be. So a, a small angle of this deal is it does open up a little bit of cap just because Wes Wandu did have a guaranteed number next year at 1.8. And with Melly and JJ being expiring contracts, you do open up, what, $2 million in cap space next year. We speculated on – Locked on Mavericks that's about to drop here in the near future whenever Nick finishes editing because, gosh, he's just so slow at editing. It's posted now. (laughs) Um, And then you can download that and listen to it. But we speculate on there that maybe this J.J. Redick deal was something they had in their back pocket because it happened so late. It happened right at the deadline. And all the reports this over the past 48 hours been, oh, J.J.'s going to be bought out. He's going to Brooklyn. He's going to L.A. He's whatever. And then, bam, he gets traded. So it feels like this was a deal that the, you know that the Mavericks had in their back pocket, just waiting on. So my thing, we speculated like, was Dallas involved in some of these Lowry talks? Not to get Lowry, but as a third team, could they've gotten you know a piece from the Lakers or Philly or you know Miami? Could they've been a third team in that? They were waiting till the last moment. That deal fell through. Then bam, they picked up the phone and said, "All right, well we've been just setting on this Reddick deal. It could you know it's always been there." So. I think they are aggressive. Going back to your question, I think, I mean, they have to be, right? We've talked about this window forever until, you know, Lucas signs his you know, big first extension and all of that. So that window is shrinking. Not saying they can't do anything after he signs it, but it's shrinking. And I think they'll definitely be aggressive. I don't think anything happens right now affects their aggression this summer because I think they were going to be aggressive either way. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Clyde. Yeah. This summer has to be the one where they make a big, like, next next level, like, landscape changing move, right? They th- this is the time they have to do it because then Luca's extension comes in and all that kind of stuff. So this is the real big time right now. But before we do, Built Bar, go to builtbar.com. It's a protein bar, tastes like a candy bar. 
Uh, I had a birthday cake one, Isaac. Have you tried this one yet? There's sprinkles just falling all over I my did. desk. I did. I ate one last night. Uh, it tastes just like a stick of birthday cake, right? Like you could just put good. this in. A, you could put this in a pan, like line it up end to end, and I just wouldn't know that it wasn't birthday cake. Uh, it was. It was good. If you're really like like just a sweet, rich. Um, like with the consistency of birthday cake almost, uh, but in a protein bar, uh, there's not a ton of, of, of sugar in it, not a ton of uh, of calories, not a ton of carbs. 17 grams of protein in this uh, in this bar. You can go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order. So check out Built Bar. They're incredible. Uh, everybody's trying to get them. Everybody that I know, the listeners that have gotten them have reached out and said they're good. I'd be interested to see if any listeners got them and said that they did not like them because I so far have not heard from any of those listeners yet. So reach out to me. Uh, but I guarantee you'll like, you'll like at least some of them. you got to try different flavors because they're all, all different kinds. Locked15 is the promo code. Get 15% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. Bunch of people waiting in the wings. Let's bring on uh, Jonathan, I think he's he's been a loyal listener, and uh, I've seen him a lot. Jonathan, what's up, man? You guys can hear me. What you got for me? All right, all right. So I didn't even okay. So it's a good thing that we got JJ right, but I didn't know that he was hurt. <laughs> so I was really curious. I seen Brad um, say on Twitter that we don't know whenever JJ is going to be back from his. I guess he had like a procedure, a non-surgical uh, procedure. So I was like. When do you think that I don't even know what he injured, but what do you think that he's like? When do you think he's going to be back? Yeah, so it's a heel, right? He's messing with his heel, and so our speculation. This is just our guess without knowing a whole lot. Is that the Mavericks wouldn't like sign off on this trade if they thought he was going to miss a, a serious amount of time, right? He's been away from the team. Uh, I, May have been one of those things where he could have played if they wanted him to. So I don't think it's that big of a concern. And honestly, like JJ Reddick's not going to play that big of a, of a spot in this rotation that they're going to need, need, need him. But he's, he adds, he adds a little bit more like, you know, he's like sprinkles on the ice cream, right? He adds to it. He doesn't, have, if you take it away, it's not like you're going to miss it, but it's, it's just not there. So, uh, well, I want to bring, I want to bring, uh, Jimmy Crowther, all things Mavs. Jimmy, you got something to say, man? What's up, boys? How are y'all? Jimmy! <laughs> What's up? Oh, man. You know what? I'm pretty happy after this deadline. Um, I'm feeling good. I think I tweeted this out, but it's it's one of those things where did everything they could with what they were given. The biggest complaint I keep seeing is, oh, we could have gotten Fournier for two second-round picks. Okay, here's the deal. Back. And Boston had that huge trade exception, so they could do that trade. It was, like, not a big deal. And then, you know, the thing with Oladipo, like, I was kind of in on buying low, but he was going to Miami regardless. It was going to happen, so it kind of is what it is. Um, Ultimately, I'm pretty happy. It's not, like, a huge game changer, but I think it keeps us on a good path, and it gets us a a shot, obviously, with Seth. Um. So I'm pretty happy. I, I would love to believe that Nikola because he torched us one time, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. What game was that? That was, uh, <laughs> wasn't that one of the, was it the overtime game last year? I, no, 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 no. You know what? It was, I remember he hit a fourth quarter shot and in the corner and it was a mess. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's my take. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm happy that Reddick's on board. So is my dad. He really likes JJ Reddick. Um, <laughs> but uh, can, my I, question can I touch you. on your Fournier angle oh, real quick? Yeah, yeah, please do. No, you mentioned the Fournier thing. I've seen some Mavs fans are like, man, that's it. That's all that you know that it took to get Fournier. You mentioned a key part of that. They didn't have to take any money back. This Orlando team sucks. And their payroll this year was like $136 million before they made any deal. So when they, you know, when they moved out Vooch to bring back like Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr., if they buy him out and then they shipped off Evan Fournier for nothing, then there's a good chance that I mean, I have, I'm not a cap guru here, but there's a good chance that they're getting under the luxury tax. They're saving a ton of money on this season's bill for a team that is going to go nowhere but down. So that I think that's the key angle to all of this, that even if it was a James Johnson in two seconds for Fournier, they would have still had to either pay James Johnson or even buy him out and still pay him a decent amount too. So that I, I'm glad you mentioned that part about Fournier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely was disappointing at first, like without the context, and then everything kind of set in. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
so yeah, long story short, I'm happy. I'm, I'm not like, you know, over the moon excited because it's 37 year old JJ Reddick, but I do think he's going to help. And like you guys were saying, like there is a clear cut seven on this team or there was before the deadline. And now there's a clear cut eight and that's something to celebrate. I think, um, is, you know, adding another key rotation player that is going to play meaningful minutes. So my question to you guys, and it's really not that important of one, but (laughs) I do think it is interesting. Do you think, you know, Trey Burke's been getting those weird, like eight minute stints in games. Are those just like rendered useless? Is he zero minutes a game now and it's Reddit going in with Brunson instead of Trey Burke every once in a while? Yeah, the, are the water bugs dead, basically? <laughs> the, the, second water, the second water bug is dead. Is it, <laughs> are they the pod boys now, right? Does, does Jalen Brunson podcast and they call them the pod boys? So I, I, think, I think Trey Burke's time is probably – I mean, he'll have spot minutes here or there, right, where you have to spell somebody or somebody's out or things like that. But he just hasn't played well consistently enough to earn rotation minutes, I think. I mean, every once in a while he hits a three and you're excited. But if you're excited when somebody hits a three, it's probably not a good sign for the rest of their play, right? You want him to hit those more often than not. But, yeah, he's he's probably done. They might need a playmaking every once in a while, but that's part of the rotation. Okay, last question. And actually, this this one has a little bit more meaning behind it. Was there a deal that you saw go down today that you felt disappointed the math didn't get in on? Well, it's probably the old Adipo one, but like you said, there's so much context to that and the Miami angle, and it was sort of like the you know the Paul George thing. Like, oh, he's going to L.A. no matter what. You know, he's going to L.A. no matter what. And so teams were scared away from it, and he got traded for you know the picks and stuff. But it, the the, uh, the OKC trade, the first one before he got traded to. LA. It was kind of like that. Teams got really scared off. Uh, by the way, that trade was for Sabonis and for Victor Oladipo, which looking back is a pretty wild trade. That's but insane. it seems like that, I mean, obviously the Mavericks had the assets to go and do something like that. They had the salaries, they had the, the picks that they could do. Um, but Victor Oladipo is either dead set on Miami or there's some injury stuff there that teams are scared away from. And uh, yeah, it's also the demeanor of the player, I think, matters too a lot with some of this stuff. Victor Oladipo see himself as this superstar level player. Would that have worked with Porzingis and, and Luca? And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, a very different approach. It's kind of more of a you know team oriented than it is like one player. They don't have a Luca. They don't have anybody like that. Jimmy Butler, I guess, is their closest guy. But that was. And Isaac, did you have any deals that you're like, this is, this is what the Mavs definitely should have done? I'm just trying to figure out if Jimmy's in like the bird exhibit at the zoo or. <laughs> <laughs> if he has a pet bird or uh, no, I think, yeah, I think it's the Oladipo one off the top of my head that, I mean, I like the value for the Norm Powell move. It's just, we didn't. We're talking about in the chat. The what? Fournier is the other move people are talking about in the chat. Oh, uh, well we, yeah, we talked about, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you could have gotten Fournier for just two seconds, but once again, I think that was a money thing for Orlando but yeah, I mean, I guess it is the, the Oladipo stuff and that, you know, from our angle without knowing all the, you know, health stuff and without knowing what message he's sending the teams. If you've got, if you could have gotten a guy like Oladipo, I mean, there's a good, like, there's a chance Oladipo has some like massive moments for Miami in the playoffs and helps them win around. And we're all sitting there looking like, okay, you got him for freaking Kelly Olenek. Okay. And Ugh. that's, that's the thing that will be frustrating. But once again, we don't know all the behind the scenes stuff with, with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Old Depot for Miami a lot. Um, I kind of hate that I, I like this Miami team because it's just in my blood to not like Miami. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do like the way they're constructed. Um, and the Norman Powell thing, the Norman Powell move felt like a, it kind of felt like a lateral move to me. Like, Trent's been really good for Portland. I mean, Rodney Hood's kind of been, you know, whatever since his Achilles injury, but. I don't know. I I guess people like Norman Powell more than I think I like Norman Powell. I yeah, I think, I'm one of those guys. Nick is uh, Nick is probably more on your side. I think it's a clear upgrade for Portland. I don't know. Maybe I'm just watching the the right. Did you just knock over a birdcage? No, I'm at a. Did you just take your toboggan down a snowy hill? I just I just got off work and it's really nice in Dallas, so I'm walking outside. So uh, I'm just yeah, enjoying nature on this beautiful <laughs> on this beautiful trade deadline day. All right, well we're Man, gonna that's get great. 
Thanks, Jimmy. All right, y'all. Uh, y'all talk to your fans. I'm gonna keep listening. Thanks. You're awesome, Jimmy. See ya. See ya. All right, bring out Alex. Alex, what's up, man? Hey guys, can you hear me? Gotcha. What you got for me? Well, I got a few questions. Um, first of all, <laughs> I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, I were well. We got the UNC connection, so I, I'll be hey. I'll be nice to you, Isaac. Oh, um, let's go. There ain't much to celebrate, but we well, got a connection. That's that's a whole different uh, locker room. <laughs> uh, okay, but first question I have is uh, whose minutes is Reddick taking? Yeah, um, probably a little bit of Trey Burke, a little bit of um, any of the other guys, <laughs> Wandu, Dwight Powell, Willie Colley Stein, probably like a little bit of that. And maybe spelling, like maybe Luca plays a little bit less and some of the rotation guys play a little bit more, right? Maybe it just goes all around. So given, uh, I'll, I'll say, uh, Rick's stingy minute distribution, um, how much time will Reddick get, would you, like, could you ballpark a number for me in a postseason game? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So I think some of Rick's stingy rotation has been because of necessity, right? Like the Mavericks were really behind it. They really dug themselves a hole in January, and you know, a lot of it's because of COVID and no fault of their own. But the Mavericks really had to play this you know, playoff-type rotation in order to get back to the point where they are, and they have. And so now they're back to it, and maybe they keep playing that same way. Maybe they... Uh, allow their rotation to expand a little bit and give some guys some rest so that they don't run them into the ground and all that. But, uh, yeah, I think that J.J. Redick in a playoff game, it's going to depend on matchups, man. Like, if, if there's a team that they can just, just like, they can just hunt J.J. Redick over and over, like, if there's a, a team like the, like, doesn't the Blazers stick out or the Nuggets just st- stick out as a team that could just keep hunting and hunting J.J. Redick over and over again, then maybe he doesn't get to play as much, right? Maybe it just, you the rotation is really, really short. But uh, if there's a team you can really stretch the floor, like I feel like against the Jazz, I feel like he could play against that team. Um, so we'll see. I, I mean, it could be 10 minutes, could be 15. He couldn't get DMP CDs in the playoffs, but we'll see what happens with it. I, I think, well, no, I was just going to say, I think it's you know, like what you alluded to earlier. You take some a little bit of minutes away from, you know, from Tim and Brunson to where you're not running these guys, you know, 28 minutes a night off the bench, something like that, 25 minutes. And I think you just take some minutes here and there. I don't think JJ Reddick's going to be getting 30 minutes a night. I don't think he's getting 25 minutes a night, but I think you could pretty easily create, you know, 15 minutes a night for a guy who can shoot like that. How do you think that's, Shams is saying that the Thunder have re- have released Myers Leonard, so I don't know if anyone is surprised by that at all. <laughs> Did you have another question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, j- I'll just close it out here, just saying um, that uh, how how do you think his attitude um, is going to mesh with Carlisle? Is he? Do you think he'll be content with getting that fifteen to ten minutes a game? Um, he, I, I, I don't know exactly his player profile, but if you could speak to his attitude, that would be great. Oh, I, I think I think it's going to be a perfect fit. Uh, he's just such a basketball nerd. He, I mean, you listen to his podcast and just hear him breaking down basketball. And I on the lockdown maps that just dropped that Nick tweeted out about. I said on there, I'm like, I can predict for you guys what his first like media session is going to be he's going to rave about being able to chant i mean i can't wait for it you know play i finally get to play for a guy like rick carlisle i've always admired him a guy that's been one of the best coaches in the league to play in this system and all of that he, he's going to be another coach on the floor for all the stuff that we talked about before about jj berea and losing berea out of that locker room and the connection with the coaching staff and all of that i think you're going to get a lot of that back with with reddick i think he's going to be another coach on the floor a guy that rick can confide in talk to and just help connect with the team. So I, I think that angle will be a perfect fit. All right. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah. Well, thank sure. you. For sure, Alex. All right. Let's see what we can get up. Next is Henry. Henry, Henry. on Twitter. What's up, man? What's good, y'all? What you got for me? So I got a, I got a couple things. First of all, um, sorry. Um, <laughs> What do y'all think of the big man situation? Like, I kind of wanted to see if they could maybe get Rashawn Holmes. Uh, sorry, my roommate's in. I don't know if y'all can hear him. My roommate's in roommates. The back. What are you doing, roommate? Come on, roommate. Yeah, the, I know, that's wild. 
So, like, we obviously see it as a whole, right? We, we did, just did a whole podcast about how Mavericks need to upgrade backup center and some kind of big. They've tried this bullpen rotation, and this year it's kind of been unfortunate, but all three of their bullpen-type guys have all fallen by the wayside for some reason or another, right? Willie hasn't really stepped up. Dwight has been hurt, and he's not the same. Boban seems to be only playable against certain teams. And so it's like you're kind of running out of options there. If none of those guys are going to pop at all. Rashawn Holmes would be an awesome addition for sure. The problem with that is, uh, well, the first thing is, so they, they made the, the Kings only real move was to trade for DeLon Wright, which adds a little bit more to their salary this upcoming off season. So put them in the playoffs now. DeLon <laughs> Wright leading the league altering, <laughs> but they, they add some, some salary. So it makes, re-signing Rashawn Holmes a little bit more tough for the Kings. So it makes it a little bit more available for the Mavericks. But Mavericks have to make a big you know, franchise-type changing move, right? They have to do something this offseason, I think, or else they miss a window right there. And so can they do that while also getting in like on a Rashawn Holmes? I'm not sure. Rashawn Holmes is not that move, right? Like he's not that franchise-changing type move. But Oh, no. Yeah, it depends on that. I was just kind of like – I was hoping like more so uh, – I was hoping they could grab him for the deadline. That's kind of what I meant there. Oh, well, yeah. Wake up. We're, <laughs> we're past the deadline, man. We're we are past the deadline. I was just <laughs> saying that's what, I, that's what I was hoping for. Ruman but, didn't wake up today in time. <laughs> no, nah, he did not. <laughs> I blame the vaccine that I got today. Um, oh, shout out. First, first dose, second dose, only dose? First dose. Getting the second in 20 days. Okay. How's your arm feeling? It's not too bad, actually. Solid. Yeah, another so I question. Get my, I get my Krispy Kreme. Um, I do have this. Can we can we laugh at the Rockets real quick? Oh, like, no, pl- oh yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Oh, big like, victory lap on that one. Like, good lord. How did you manage talking? to get more for PJ Tucker than Victor Oladipo? How did that work? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea if that's exactly true or not, but. I mean, yeah, they they did. They only got Kelly Oubre or Kelly Oubre, Kelly Olynyk, basically Victor Oladipo, and for PJ Tucker, at least they got a pick. At least they got a first round pick for him. Right, right? Like, pick swap that they got for Oladipo is nothing. That's not going to be anything crazy. Good stuff, Henry. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all. All right. Was that the same Henry that likes LeBron? <laughs> Everyone likes LeBron, but you. Uh, <laughs> couple of bakes. What's up, man? What you got for me? Oh my gosh. Bates. Uh, Bates is losing his chance right now. Bates, five, four, three, two, kicking Bates off. Sorry. Bye, Bates. Uh, Dylan Roberts, what's up, man? What you got for me? Let's see. Hey, can you hear me? Gotcha. What's up, man? Hey, so uh, I just kind of thought I'd give my feedback on the trade deadline. I don't think I've heard anybody mention this angle, but uh, – is this Dalton Trigg? Are you impersonating uh, Dalton <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I know who that is. Oh, you know? Okay, all right. Continue. The joke did not fall. Okay. <laughs> Give me your but, thoughts. Uh, my thought on it was just that I wanted us to not make another Rondo-type deal. I didn't mm. want us to give up an asset or something that could hurt us down the line for somebody who wasn't a perfect fit, and I felt like we did that perfectly. Uh, you know, looking at the team right now, Anybody who competes for a championship needs a clear number two, and we don't have that right now. And uh seems like for any superstar against trader, you need to have a whole collection of draft picks. And we don't have it right now, but in a couple of years, once that last 2023 pick goes to the Knicks, we'll have all our picks open. Maybe if Josh Green, Ty Terry, somebody like that can step up and be something for us, then – we can use that, some filler, all the picks we got, and hopefully go get somebody like a Giannis feed demands a trade in a couple of years. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's, there's going to be eras to this, right? Like there's the beginning of Luca's era, and then this is like – like if you look at it like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Like this is phase one of Luca's career. And if they miss at a, at a big name this offseason, they're going to have to wait all the way through phase two, I think, to try and make something big happen. And so – it's kind of going to work like that. I want to go back to your point about you know not doing a Rondo deal. 
I think so. JJ Reddick, you know, he's in. He knows he's on borrowed time right now, right? Like he knows his career probably shouldn't have lasted this long, but because of work ethic and the way that he's, you know, found a uh, like a niche for himself in the NBA, and the shooting has just kept up. That man, like he's gonna just he's gonna keep up with it. Uh, that you know he knows he's on borrowed time, so I think that helps him to not be a Rondo type. But Rondo was the, in the prime of his career, thought he was you know the best and <laughs> all this, and thought he knew better than everybody. And so I think that helps on the, the team aspect of it. Yeah. The, 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 kind of... No, you got it, Dylan. Well, the other thing I was kind of wondering about is we spent the whole offseason prioritizing defense and J.J. Redick and, as far as I know, Melly don't really do anything for us on the defensive end. I don't know for sure about Melly. I've seen him play maybe four times. But, uh, you know, I'm wondering with Melly being expiring – even if we're not able to go out and get somebody as a buyout guy, like maybe an Otto Porter, do we still prioritize the defense and wave him and try to get somebody like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who we know can be that defensive guy? Mm. It's an interesting name for sure. I haven't thought about Rondé Hollis Jefferson in a while. Spicy. Yeah, I see. If somebody defensive, like if somebody that can play defense opens up, I hope that they would do <laughs> some guy melly, you know, for that guy swap. Dylan, appreciate you. He, he mentioned something about Rondo. I want to touch on real quick. Would would Andre Drummond have been the the Rondo move of this year? Except he hasn't won title. <laughs> but like you, you go back to that team who made the deal for Rondo, and it's like a team who you know, that was good, but they looked at it and said, "All right, we're not good enough, and we're not good enough defensively. So therefore, we're going to make this like swing for this guy to bring him in, and then it failed." And I don't know. Maybe it's something that they learned from that. And it's like, you know, we're not going to try to pull something like that off again. But I don't know. It's probably Drummond stands there in the chat right now freaking out on me. <laughs> Demeanor matters a lot for teams, too. Um, uh, man, we have so many people lined up. All right, let's bring on uh, DeAndrick. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, got you, man. What's up? Hey, not much. So I got two questions for you. Uh, I just now got off work, so I could not see any of the stuff that the Mavs did. But now that I, now that I think about it and saw the details, we got JJ Redick. I mean, I don't like. What, how do you feel about the the acquirement of him? Even though he's he hasn't played since the beginning of March, and uh, what? Do you think he's going to come off the bench for the team? Or, I mean, what, is, what do you expect his role will be for the team? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, th- I thought at first you were going to ask me to recap the whole trade deadline. For <laughs> I guess I, I think I could do. But, uh, yeah, I think J.J. Reddick comes off the bench for sure. There's, I've speculated and thought maybe there's a chance that the Mavericks want to shake things up with their starting lineup that hasn't really been – that great in first quarters and maybe start JJ Redick like the first shift, like the first five minutes and be like a ceremonial type starting, you know, five player. But if they don't do anything you know special like that or anything, then yeah, he comes off the bench. He, he's like a, what is he? He's probably like the fourth guard in the rotation and our fifth guard in the rotation and kind of fills in those type of minutes. So we think it's a good move. We think it's a good, like on the fringes move. It adds a rotation player to a team that really could use one. Uh, Isaac, you want to give some more thoughts on that? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you said it perfectly. I don't think he starts. I think he's uh, part of that three-man bench unit with Brunson and Tim. He gives you a vet. Uh, I think there could very well be some nights that he doesn't play at all, but I think there's some nights he plays 15 to 20 minutes and hits four threes. So I think you'd, it just gives you another guy, another shooter, and you know some flexibility with some lineups, especially late in games. If you know, you call a timeout, you're checking it in. You need a three-pointer. You know, Reddit could be on the floor with you know KP and Max and these guys. Uh, okay, that's sweet. That's sweet. Well, uh, there's an, there was another question I want to ask. Uh, they had gotten another player from New Orleans, uh, Nicolo Melli. Um, I don't I don't have like any insight on him. Uh, do y'all have any uh, input about him and what kind of role he's expecting to play for this team? He's going to play the West of Wonder role. He's going to be the player that Isaac says, if Nicolo Mel is playing for our team, then we're in trouble. That's what, that's what he's going to Like, he came into the league as, you know, he came into the league as a stretch four. He hasn't really panned out that much in the NBA. Maybe he all of a sudden becomes, like, that sharpshooter with the Mavericks and then becomes something, but I don't think he's going to have much of a role. But, man, appreciate your question. I'm going to bring on some other people on here. 
Uh, let's go, Brian. What's up, Brian? Brian with the check. Muted mic. Hanging out. Five, four, three. There you go. Yo, oh, guys. What's up? What's up, Brian? what up, Brian? Yo, guys. Hey, uh, just real quick. Did, I, I had two ideas for you for as far as like uh, trade options that actually didn't go down. With the Magic Fire sale, I was kind of disappointed the Mavericks didn't make a call to Orlando and get Mo Bamba first off. And then second off, we couldn't make a call to Charlotte to get uh, Malik Monk in here. Mm. Wow, Malik Monk's actually playing well. I don't think Charlotte's like super ready to get off of Malik well, Monk right now. Well, but are you going to re-sign him in the offseason, Nick? Me? Yeah. Like your GM, the Hornets. Yeah, <laughs> you're the GM of the Hornets right now. You resigning Monk? Oh, if I'm Mitch Kupchak, I'm looking at all my Lakers championship rings and feeling good about myself. But <laughs> the, the, so yeah, I mean, I guess you you can resign him. They're the ones that have believed in him. He really hasn't shown too much until recently, so I don't think he's going to cost you that much to resign him. But yeah, I mean, he could go after him. But is Malik Monk really going to play on this team? Right, like. Would he play over Tim Hardaway or Jalen Brunson? Or, I mean, what's he really going to do? And then the Mo Bamba angle, like, every, I feel like he's the new guy that's just going to get thrown in every fake trade for the Mavericks. But I don't see him playing a lot of time, like, playing a lot for this Mavericks team either. And if, if Rick Carlisle doesn't like some of these centers, like, if he didn't like DeAndre Jordan or didn't like, you know, Nerlens, especially if he didn't like Nerlens, I don't know if he's going to like Mo Bamba. So. Uh, it would be a nice flyer, and we'd like the potential of it and potentially develop a guy, but it's not going to help right now. That's my thought. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a thing that I think would be more popular for us in like Mavs Twitter because we would like the idea of another guy that we could – I mean, I, I like Mo Bamba. I think he has potential in the league, but it, I think it's more of like a theoretical thing to where if they traded for him, I don't think he's sniffing Rick Carlisle's rotation at all. Mo Bamba – uh yeah no i the the magic angle you brought up i thought you were going to go the terrence ross route because that's where i was leaning like dang i i you know if they were fire selling some vets and some quality role players i would have uh likened like the uh, idea of adding terrence ross yeah i i just I, I feel like orlando was holding out like a first round pick for ross i could be overvaluing what he could be worth i just i think they were that's what they were thinking on ross and that's probably why they didn't dangle him out there i just i like bomba in theory because that's a cheap kind of like reclamation project you know bobby's up next year you need something he's got the great relationship with dallas i mean he loves uh you know he loved all his meetings uh, when we had him in the combine and just the fact that you could have uh two of the top 10 picks in that draft class on the same team pretty sweet <laughs> yeah that doesn't mean anything <laughs> well i mean orlando's in that same spot right now and i don't i don't know if i'm giving them an award for having window and mo bamba on the same <laughs> <team>. <laughs> all right appreciate you brian we're gonna bring some other people up here thanks uh, brian Bryce, what's up, Bryce? What you got for me? Bryce, you there? The mysterious Bryce. He likes books. You guys hear me? Bryce, is that a book? Your picture. (laughs) What's up, guys? Uh, Got to answer the question: Is it books or is it records? Oh, those are records. There's records and there's books. So that's up. Let's let's go. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, you got you got to spend your money on something, I guess. Uh, yep. So uh, I'm like a uh, I'm a fan of JJ Redick. I, I mean, I really liked him in Philly, and like what he did with the Clippers. And I haven't really seen him in New Orleans though. And I don't know, like I don't know, like if he can maybe be a little bit more than we think he is. Because, but it's just I guess it depends on how you use him. But what I really liked him uh, was like when he would like run around like a maniac off ball and get all these off ball screens. And then he would just like catch it and then shoot it. Um, but it feels like here he might just like camp out, kind of like what the rest of like everyone else does. Um, but I mean, he was 15 points a game two years ago, and uh, before that he was 18 points a game. So I feel like if he gives us like 12 points a game, it'd be amazing. But it just feels like I don't know how Carlisle would use them. So that's what I'm going to be mostly curious about watching him. Yeah, I think so. If he can get to twelve, right? Like it's four threes, right? Can you can we get four threes from DJ Reddick? Like, I hope so. But yeah. then you're talking about he has to take eight threes a game. 
so some of that stuff like running off the of screens and stuff like that takes time to install something like that. And I'm not sure they're going to have enough practice stuff to install things like that, especially this year with everything, you know, just smushed together. But, you know, JJ Reddick spot up in the corner. There's worse things that you can, <laughs> you can have for JJ Reddick. But I think if, if Luca and him can start getting some chemistry, then you can start seeing some of those plays. If you're talking about the off ball movement, the things like that, and he's going to move and find the open spots. Like you don't have to just run plays like that. It can be, you know, off a broken play or something. JJ Reddick knows how to find open space and, you know, pull up from there. So yeah, there's all kinds of possibilities with this offensively. Yeah. And then I'll also be curious uh, what restaurants he'll reference in his podcast. Cause he's like, <laughs> yeah, yes. he's done Austin stuff, but uh, hopefully he does some Dallas stuff. So we'll see. I'm sure, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the normal, the ones that we expect, but we'll see. Appreciate you. Right. Some other people. Take care. Uh, Wayne, Wayne King. Hey guys, so uh, can you say Paige Stugvanovich? That's who JJ Reddick will be. You're, if you remember in those days, 2011, that's how Carlisle used him. Uh, Paige would play maybe 15 minutes. I, I never will forget the Lakers thing of the Lakers series in the playoffs, and Paige was just raining threes on the Lakers. You probably remember that, Nick. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I definitely remember that. My question is, can you say Paige Stoyakovich? That's my no. question. Stoyakovich. <laughs> so, it's hard to say. Yeah, like, like definitely. He's that veteran type that – it's a wild card, right? Like, could J.J. Yeah. Redick come in and hit, like, five threes in a playoff game and change it for you? Right. Yeah, once in a while you have a guy like that that just changes the, you know, all of a sudden the momentum. I believe in momentum in an NBA game for sure. If he can come yeah. in – all of a sudden, you're you're talking about something. You give you know yeah. He gives you two games in the playoffs or three games in the playoffs where he's just shooting lights out, and it just changes things up. It just changes the whole defense on you and on Luca and on KP. It, it changes things up. You know the guy I was hoping they would pick up was a guy from Atlanta, another bitch, uh, but Brogbanovich. And I can't I say that something else, Wayne. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> this old Texan can't say all these words anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> It looked like Atlanta was kind of giving up on the guy, and and you know again one of Luca's running buddies from from Europe, but but it would have been a great pickup, um, and maybe someone to bring, you know to go after in the off season. Yeah, it seems like he you know from things that I've heard is that he wanted a starting spot, and he was promised a starting spot, and then Lloyd Pierce was like, I'm just going to start who I want to start, and so they've been trying all kinds of different lineups and stuff. He's also been out with injuries and stuff, but. Yeah, they decided not to move him or John Collins. So could that be an offseason move? And that's another thing why we talk about cap space is the Mavericks can make a move where they trade him into their cap space and they have the flexibility to do some stuff like that. So we'll see. I'm not sure if the Hawks ever want to make a trade with the Mavericks ever again, though. I think they may have they may have scared him off that. Wayne, appreciate you jumping on. And uh, Thanks, guys. Tell you, listen Wayne, to Wayne, Wayne comparing Redick to Peja is incredible. I actually might steal it and – I actually might ask Rick Carlisle about that. That might be my go-to question for Rick when he talks about this deal. If he sees a J.J. Page type role. Uh, hopefully he doesn't call him a Page starter kit. Right? Like the type <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple more here. We're going to bring on Andrew. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Look at that uh, stash. As far as the uh, – appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> as far as the J.J. Rex, Reddick signing – uh, I kind of have a question. Are we still one of the worst teams when it comes to open three-point shooting? It's not great, Andrew. <laughs> okay, so right away that he instantly <laughs> solves that. Sorry, Dorian Finney-Smith. But uh, uh, more or so than the shooting, I'm more uh, – I love the trade due to his uh, – I think someone mentioned it in the chat, his work ethic – and just his uh, overall commitment to his uh, body, like Luca, of course. Like, I doubt Luca will ever come into the season out of shape if he follows uh, Reddick's training regimen. But I-, I more so love it for the Tyrell Terry and the Josh Green aspect. If they can follow in his footsteps and develop a a shooting routine like Reddick has, like, do you guys remember the video of uh, I believe it was Kyle Korver? helping Giannis on his three-point shot. Like, I think of him more as an assistant coach as a rather than a 20-minute uh, uh, game uh, player. What's your guess? 
Yeah, I made this exact same point on our emergency pod. I think that, especially for a guy like Tyrell Terry, right? Like, can Tyrell Terry just follow in J.J. Reddick's footsteps and be that type of player and learn from him and learn all his little tricks and stuff like that? That's huge. And also, the consistency with with Luka and his three-point shot. Like, we know Luka can be a good three-point shooter. We've seen it over the last two months. But can he keep that up consistently? And can J.J. Reddick do anything to help him in that area? Because J.J. Reddick's found, like, the – the routine or whatever, however works for him. So, uh, and you, you remember, like you mentioned that, uh, Luca doesn't, hasn't come into the, into camp like in shape, but it was, on, it was on JJ Reddick's podcast that JJ Berea made that point that Luca, when he finally figures it out and comes into camp in shape and all that, that he'd be like just next level unstoppable. So maybe JJ, JJ Reddick can push him in that, in that direction. Andrew, appreciate your question, man. All right, a couple more. Let's go with Nick. Nick, what's up, man? What you got for me? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, Just two questions. Uh, What do you guys think the most uh, favorable matchup is for the Mavs now that all the the trade timelines passed? And uh, I want to throw in a comment. I really want the Clippers again. I want revenge. (laughs) And especially because they just picked up Rondo. I'm not really afraid of playoff Rondo. He's scary, but... I, that's who I want. And uh, the second, do you, do you guys think the Mavs will be active in the buyout market at all? And that's it. Yeah. So, man, you, just the thought. I'm I'm kind of caught off guard because I'm trying to think of my excitement of beating the Clippers with Rondo. That's just <laughs> the per the perfect storm of beating somebody in a playoff series would be that. I think we would just go ahead and celebrate. Just go ahead and go down Main Street, go to the big eyeball, and celebrate in Dallas. Um, they could put the Dirk statue up at the end of it. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. But, no, yeah, as far as a perfect first-round matchup, man, that's so hard. I mean, I, I think a lot of teams will – and that, fair or not fair, I think a lot of teams will try to angle for Phoenix just because they're the least experienced out of that. I don't know if anybody wants to play the Lakers or even the Clippers with Kawhi and them. And then, I mean, Utah, whatever you get with Utah, <laughs> we just don't know what to expect from them in the playoffs. But I still want to say the Suns, just because, yeah, I mean, Booker is unproven. We love Mikel Bridges, but it's a younger team. And with Chris Paul, and it's like, all right, I'll take my chances with, with the Suns. So I, I still say it's the Suns for me. What was his, What was your other question? Is he gone? Oh, I think he's gone. Uh, yeah. who, the, who the Mavs match up with, and then I can't remember. The other oh team. no, buyout, buyout market. I buyout think they'll, market. yeah, I think they'll be interested in the buyout market. It's just we've said it a million times that when a guy gets bought out, an Andre Drummond, even if like an Otto Porter gets bought out, I don't think he'll have a shot of coming to Dallas because everybody needs a wing. And if you know the Nets and the Lakers and Clippers and these teams, you know, in LA and New York, come calling. And not only for the destination purpose, but for the title chance, I, I don't think Dallas is going to have a chance to get one of those dudes. Yep. Uh, all right, let's do last one. Christian. Christian, what's up, man? What you got for me? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing today? We're what great. up, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I do remember the last uh, Go locker for it. room saying uh, James Johnson for Reddick, but uh, – no, I, I really like the move because I think – I remember Leonard, you saying that. Yeah, that's what I, – I just thought, you know, especially – I know it was mentioned earlier with the open threes, but especially, for instance, if we are down, not only being a mentor uh, to some of the younger guys to help out the team, but can you imagine, you know, having Luca, Timmy, JJ, Maxi, KP out there just say, look, everybody clear out. Luca drives. Like, who are you going to help off of? And I think also with uh, JJ, uh, I've seen quite a bit of the Pelicans game this year. Um, being a screener for Luca and things like that, I think could be extremely helpful. And to be honest, I would trade a second round pick just to have Luca go on his podcast. So <laughs> overall. <laughs> That's incredible. And uh, one other thing. <laughs> no, I, 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 sorry, cut you off, uh, Isaac. I was just going to say, you, I know, you're good. you know, with the, with the buyouts, we might not have as much of a likelihood. 
But if somehow we were able to get Otto Porter off the buyout, we do have a benefit of having Casey here uh, to, you know, get the guys right for a playoff run. And I think, you know, JJ and Otto, if we were able to swing that, could be huge and really doing exactly what Donnie and everyone want to try to push for the second round. Yeah, you made a good point about having Casey. You know, Dallas has an experience, um, has experience dealing with back problems going back to Dennis Smith Jr. And just that whole situation, you know, he, his back was really hurting towards the end. So to help Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr., if he came in, that, that would be, that would be key. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm down. If Otto Porter would, gets bought out and, and is down to come here, then I would be all for it. You can always take another wing and a guy who can shoot too. So, yeah, if he gets bought out, I would love to make that push to go get him. But I think he ends up in L.A. or somewhere. <laughs> Dang. Thanks, Christian. Uh, everybody, Christian, you're awesome. Thanks, man. The Emergency Pod, Reacting to the Trade, is live. Uh, we pretty much made all our points here, but please go subscribe to the podcast if you're not uh, on Apple, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locker Room Maps. Peace out. Boom. Tons of exciting but little knowledge. Two stars. These guys have heart and have great voices for the podcast. What they lack in knowledge about the sport and the mavericks they make up for with charisma. Definitely younger guys who are new to the sport and team. Listen to it most days recently. If they work hard I know they will get better. It is the best of all the Mavericks podcasts out there, but it seems everyone has opinions on sports. Keep trying and growing guys.